I ran across an interesting text sometime back. I thought about it. I'm going to start with that, but first I'm going to start with prayer. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, would you do with us as you did with Lydia? Give us the heart able to comprehend what you want to give and do for us. Thank you. May your Holy Spirit take hold now and teach us and lead us to a higher plane, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In here, now, this being the beginning of writing a whole new year, right? Looking back, what kind of people did you meet last year? How about this? This is in Hebrews 12, verse 15. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Have you ever met somebody with a bitter spirit? What causes that? Well, I suspect, let me tell you, just a quick experience. Teresa and I lived in Delano for a time, and that's about 30 miles west of Minneapolis. The problem was trying to get between the two places, because especially during drive time, cars going that way were nonstop, cars coming back were nonstop. Everybody's going somewhere, and you can't, well... This particular day, I was number three in line, and I was so gleeful. <laughs> number three. Well, however, number one was the proverbial slowpoke. He was dawdling along about 10 to 15 miles under the speed limit. That's an unpardonable, right? Between us, I could see this fellow through the back window of his pickup, he looked like a weightlifter. And muscles was getting madder by the mile. I could tell. But you're not going to pass no matter what. because of, And all of a sudden there was a break in oncoming traffic. You know what muscles did? He floored it. Roared around slowpoke. Pulled in front of him and slammed down the brakes. I don't remember that there was a collision, but it's a small wonder there wasn't. When that happens, you hope, one, I'm alert, two, I got good brakes, and three, I got a wide shoulder to pull off on. And then he roared off. Well, why, why did he do that? I could just see him, his knuckles turning red and white, purple and white, gripping the wheel, getting more steamed. You slowpoke, I'm in a hurry and you're holding me. I'm going to get you. Now, isn't that typical way of handling perceived abuse by people? We want to hit back. In a bitter spirit, I think, comes from somebody who didn't hit back. They just stuffed it. But some things you can't stuff. When I was a kid... We had a term for this called getting even. You ever do that? Getting even? Before I'm done, you, I hope you decide you'll never 
do that again. Now, in the Bible, if there, there's a story of somebody who, if anyone ever had a reason to retaliate, and that's the word to use today, not getting even, retaliation. If there was ever somebody who could have done that, it was Paul the Apostle. Now, he and Silas had been traveling around place to place, spreading the gospel. And they finally came to Philippi. That's a slide from the actual Philippi. It was the most important city in that area. Uh, it was a Roman colony, center of Roman government, and there were gold mines in the hills thereabouts. And they arrived, and the first place, by the way, they had a huge amphitheater too. They restored it, and they put on programs there, believe it or not. I'd like to be there and watch. Well, Paul and Silas arrived, and the first place they went was to the river for prayer. And that's a good thing to do when you're beginning work and ministry in a new area. They came, and, and there was a gathering of women folk there, including a dealer in purple named Lydia. And since purple was what royals dote on, I think probably she was quite well to do. Luke, who wrote Acts, said that God gave Lydia a heart to respond. And she did. And she and the whole household were baptized. Now, as we go through the retelling of this story, I want you to use your inner ears and hear, listen, all right? What are you hearing right now? Splash. Splash. What's going on? People are getting baptized. That's what. We had a baptism first church today, and it was wonderful to see Then Lydia comes to Paul and Silas and says, Fellows, if you consider me a worthy believer, please, would you come stay at my home? And they smiled and said, Of course, bless you. And they did. And that became the basis of their ministry in Philippi. Probably not very long went by before they began making significant inroads in the devil's domain. You know anything about him? He didn't take things like that sitting down. It isn't long until here, Paul and Silas is going along, and suddenly from behind them, as I picture it, these men are servants of the Most High God who have come to show us the way of salvation. And they looked around. Who's back there? It's a slave girl possessed by an evil spirit who practiced fortune-telling. However, the fortune was what she made for her owners. Well, that wasn't just the... By the way, that was the truth. That was what they were there to do. But, you know, the devil tells truth for the wrong reasons. And what was going on, how many times did she say that? She repeated it. Hour by hour. Day by day, days went by of listening to this. Have you ever tried to communicate with somebody inside of a bedlam of noise? 
Now first, you hear that wonderful sound of splashing. People getting baptized. Now what are you hearing? Shouting. I wonder she didn't get laryngitis and couldn't speak for a month. I had accepted pastoring uh, a uh, new district to me. We had a family there. He was a member, she wasn't. And this is kind of a switch. Usually she's the member, he's not. Well, in this case, he was and she wasn't. And the word came to me, she wanted Bible studies. And I thought, this is great. So I set up the appointment. Well, somebody got wind of that and took me aside and said, Pastor, you better look out. She's stronger than she looks. I said, what? You know what she did with your predecessor? I said, no. Picked him up bodily and threw him off the porch. You better watch it. (laughs) Well, as I sat down, I opened my Bible, and as I did, you know what happened? The place went to pieces. The doorbell rang. The phone rang. I think an alarm on the stove went off in the kitchen. The two girls started, they were about five, six, seven, somewhere like that. They started bashing each other and screaming And I think even the dog and the cat got into it. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't say anything that could be heard. And I said a prayer, Lord, would you please quiet things down? It took about 15 minutes, but he quieted them down. And we proceeded. By the way, the quietude was wonderful. I I could relate to Paul. Wonderful. And that's the way it went for a few studies. Then finally it got quiet right away. And the day came when I had the privilege of baptizing her in her ever, just like Paul did Lydia. And the silence after this, Paul finally, out of great irritation, he turns and speaks to the devil. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, leave her. You ever tell the devil to do something? (laughs) You need to know something or someone if you're going to do that. Remember the story of the Jewish priest. This is in Acts. He had seven sons, and uh, they were going around as itinerant exorcists. We adjure you in the Jesus Paul preaches. Well, this one demon got smart with them. He said, well, Jesus I know, and Paul I know all about, but who are you? Remember what he did? He jumped on them, beat all seven up, stripped their clothes off, and chased them out of the house. The devil scooted when Paul said to scoot because he knew Jesus. It wasn't just the Jesus someone else was preaching. He knew Jesus. And you know, I think that's probably the most important person any of us could ever know is Jesus. If you're having trouble with the devil, and you will, I'll show you a text in a bit on the screen. Jesus is the one who controls the demons. He is. He is. Well, anyhow, the devil scooted the demon. Gone. However, when he went, he took with him what? That fortune telling. And all of a sudden, there's no fortune. And the owners got wind of this, and they were outraged. 
They grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them off downtown to the magistrates, told them a bunch of stuff enough to convince the magistrates who ordered them to be scourged. You ever heard of scourging? Not discouraging, but a scourging. Whack! Oh! Whack! Oh! After the scourging, they hauled him off to the jail with the orders to the jailer, guard him carefully. So he put him in the stocks in the inner cell. And there they are. Now, Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, and there was a law. Roman citizens could not be scourged without a fair trial first. Had they had a fair trial? No. They, uh, there's one word for that, and it's abuse. And wouldn't you expect retaliation? So Paul and Silas are there, and what you might expect to hear, oh, oh, Paul, oh, my back, oh, how are you feeling? No better than you, Silas. Oh, Paul, what are we going to do? Oh, Silas, just you wait. They can't do that to us. We're Roman citizens. We didn't get a fair trial. They're going to pay for this when we get out of here. Now, isn't that what you would think? And isn't this how people tend to handle abuse? We want to retaliate like muscles. We want to retaliate and get back. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. Paul and Silas look around and it dawns on them, we have a captive audience. Ah, let's have an evangelistic meeting. So what do you hear coming out of the jail? Singing. They are singing hymns to the Lord and praising him. Whoa, this is wonderful. And they're praying. And then Paul says this loudly so nobody can miss it. Silas, did I ever tell you about Jesus of Nazareth? And Silas, who's sitting right next to him, says, You did, Paul, but tell me again. I want to hear it all over. And he starts a full-blown Bible study evangelistic sermon. So we go from splashing to shouting to to silence to scourging and to singing in jail. Wow, that's something. And all of a sudden, what happened? This is in Acts 16, by the way. The place starts shaking. An, an earthquake. Shaking. The, the shackles fall off. The doors fly open. And suddenly, in the silence with the dust, <laughs> he hears, What's that? It's the sound of a sword being unsheathed. Because the jailer knows what's going to happen to him next. And he's going to beat him to it. And Paul calls out, don't hurt yourself, we're all here. And the jailer with torches comes rushing in and looks, they're all there. 
And he falls on his knees before those two fellows. And with an anguish of soul, he said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul's answer, of course, was the classic. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household. By the way, that's still how you do it, isn't it? Believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. Do you? If you don't, you need to get to know Jesus because you've got the most exciting life you could ever live just waiting for you. The jailer took them into his quarters, washed their wounds as he heard the best news he'd ever heard and then they take the torches and where do you think they go? To the river. In the middle of the night they're baptized and then they come back and have a big meal to celebrate. I don't know if anybody got sleep that night but (laughs) it was quite a night. And then in the morning the jailer comes and says you have been ordered to be released. Gentlemen, please, you may go in peace. Again, no retaliation here. We'll get back to that in just a minute. Now, Paul isn't retaliating, but he's going to make a point to the magistrates, and he says, you tell those fellows, we too are Roman citizens, and they scourged us without a fair trial and they want us to sneak out of town, they can come down and escort us out. I think they probably got got the red carpet treatment. But you know, there's a text. Paul knew Jesus, right? And when Jesus was being abused, you call crucifixion anything, but you call it abuse. It was terrible abuse. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Did he pray it only once? No, that's present tense. He continued over and over praying, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father. So Paul did not retaliate any more than Joseph did when he said to his brothers, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for good to save much life. Jesus never retaliated. Now, if you had asked Paul, Paul, you're freed now, but you were scourged. You ought to look at your back. Paul, was it worth it? What do you think Paul would say? Well, yeah, I was scourged and uh, still healing up. But you know what? The jailer and his whole household and a couple of the soldiers and a couple of the prisoners and Lydia and her whole was it worth it? It was worth two scourgings. While he was getting scourged, and being thrown in jail. What was God doing? He was busy. He was busy working. He was. 
But Paul, before you came to Philippi, weren't you at Lystra? Yeah, I was at Lystra. Well, I heard about what happened when you were there, that you were preaching in this poor, the whole town was there, and this poor fellow was sitting there who was crippled, he'd never walked one step in his life, and you looked at him and said, he's got enough faith to be healed, so you said, stand up and walk, and he did, and everybody, the gods have come down to us in human form, let's have a sacrifice, and it was all you could do to keep it from happening, and just about that point, those Jews showed up and convinced them you were evil, and they stoned you and threw you on the dump for dead. Paul, was it worth going to Lystra for that? What do you think he would have said? He did not retaliate then either. He would have thought and he said, well, Lystra, you know who I found at Lystra? My son in the ministry, Timothy. Timothy, he's not worth one stoning. He's worth five stonings. While Paul was being abused, God was busy working. Paul wrote Romans, and in Romans, he talks about abuse, handling it. Chapter 12, at verse 14. Bless those who, what? Persecute you. Have you ever been persecuted? If you haven't, brace yourself. (laughs) I've got a text for you in a minute. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Next, verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Verse 19, do not take revenge, my dear friends. Revenge is retaliation, folks, plain and simple. And it does happen because of abuse. And people don't know what to do with abuse other than hit back. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for what? For whose? God's wrath. For it's written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. You know what God does? He converts people and puts them in the church with the one beside the one that they were abusing. He loves doing that. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. And now this. I don't know if you've ever noticed this text before. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Did we ever realize that when we are retaliating we are overcome with evil? We are. We are. And he says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Next text. Counsel to his son in the ministry that he gained through stoning. 
Remember that. Timothy, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So, 2021 is over. 2022 is now. What's going to happen this year? Are you going to be persecuted? Are you going to be abused? I think we can probably expect it. Because if you want to be a godly person, somebody's not going to take that sitting down. Next text. Romans 8, 28. And I'm sure you know this. If you haven't memorized it, you'll want to. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. While we're being abused, God is busy working to save life, to win souls. Verse 29. Those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to what? The image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Jesus did not retaliate. Paul did not retaliate, even though it really hurt. Do we retaliate? Abuse is no fun. It hurts. It's painful. But I don't know about you, but I want to be like Jesus and not hit back. No more getting even, as we used to say when we were little. It's time to connect. Here are two places to go. And I love this telephone number. 269-28-12345. It's so easy to remember. Text the word surrender. All right? You'll see where that comes from in a minute. And then the other place is pmchurch.org forward slash connect. When you get there, you're going to find four boxes waiting for your check. All right? Box number one. I surrender all past hurts to God to redeem as well as help me make my wrongs of retaliating right with those I need to. See, retaliation is as hurtful as the abuse to begin with. Would you check that one? I'm going to give you an opportunity to do in just a minute here. Box number two. I surrender the management of my life this year to the Holy Spirit so instead of retaliating, I will pray for God to forgive my abusers even as Jesus did his. Box one takes care of the past. Box two takes care of the future. And here we are. I surrender my will. I want to study and prepare for baptism. 
Back to those sounds, splash, shout, silence, scourging, singing, a sword on sheath, a shaking, and a splashing. I want to prepare to splash too, to be baptized. And then this. I want to become like who? Just like Jesus. I don't want to have a spirit of retaliation, of revenge. I don't want to hit back. I don't want to hurt. I want to forgive. And where I'm not, I want to pray that God will forgive my abusers. Now, you know what these sound like? (laughs) But they're not. They sound like New Year's resolutions, don't they? Oh, but they're not. They're they're resolves for living a life well lived, beginning right now. I'm wondering, would you like to do something about this? I'm going to give you an opportunity to. I'd ask you to come forward as an altar call, but with with uh, social distancing, we can't do this. But I want to ask you to stand to show the Lord you really mean business, but I don't want you to do it because somebody else is doing it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. And if you are determining, I want this for me, then please stand and show the Lord you mean it. So right now, close your eyes and then This is your time to stand and show God you want to be a non-retaliator. You want to be a forgiver forever. Praise the Lord. Father, you know our hearts. You know we can have such incredible intentions, but sometimes we just don't follow through. It's not our, our way. But I pray that today you would help all of us follow through in giving the hurts to you, the hurters as well, and ask you to forgive them and change their lives and us too. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for a new year and a new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And you may sit down and open your eyes.